it's Samilla from Men's Wear by a Woman podcast. Um, today's episode, I am very happy to say that I've got another podcaster with me. Um, his name is Ethan Wong, and he's done a well. He's the other p- partner of Style and Direction podcast, and um, it's it's fantastic having him on board because I really want to find out what it's like for him to talk. Um, well, what it's like it's been for him um, in menswear and also developing a podcast. Ethan, hello. Welcome to Menswear by a Woman podcast. <laughs> hello. Thank you for having me. This is a, this is a big honor. I'm very, very excited. Oh, fantastic. Um, I know that you have your own podcast as well, Style and Direction. And um, right. I do listen to it. So you know, just to let you know, I do listen to it. So how did it all begin with menswear with yourself? Apart from dressing oh my like, goodness. you know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's crazy. I, I like to think that I'm not that old. And then I remind <laughs> myself I'm 27. And I'm like, whoa, that's, I never thought I'd, you know, get to this age. And so my menswear journey, I feel like it's always been like, oh yeah, it was like five years ago. It was in college, but that's almost getting to be like 10 years ago. So like, it's, it's crazy to think about now. Um, but, you know, you, you, you and I were talking before this about, about yeah. family and everything. And my, my mom was kind of the one who had, had great style. You know, right. she grew up with, um, she moved here in like the seventies from the Philippines. She was, mm-hmm. she, she was very young, um, but she was very like immersed in like American culture. She even had an original version of the preppy handbook. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I think I used to think I had it, but I think I, my mom asked for it back years ago. <laughs> Uh, very, you know, obviously she should have it. It's like, a, you know, it's a rare thing nowadays. Um, but, you know, she, you know, she was kind of like my, my, my gateway into like American culture as a kid. Um, you know, there's the whole thing about assimilating and she's of that generation where, you know, she didn't teach me, my parents didn't teach me any Tagalog. Um, you know, they, they, they always spoke in English. Uh, my grandparents spoke in both Tagalog and, and English and everything, but you know, it was through my parents and through my mom specifically that like really was like, you know, eating American food, uh, you know, right. watching pop culture and, yeah. and she had the clothes, you know, she was very preppy or she always wanted to be this idea of preppy. Um, oh, wow. Even though I think I'm sure guys today would say that's not authentic. You know, she's not from the East Coast. You know, there's no money that's coming into this. Um, but yeah, so she was always like you know about presentation and everything like that um i grew up christian so there's a little bit of background of mm-hmm. you know wearing like a suit to church yeah um but i never really was into that like i would i, I remember when i was like a, a teenager i would you know i would go to church wearing the suit and then i would like as soon as the service was done i would change out of it so i could hang out and play with my friends in the courtyard you know so it it was kind of like, you know, dressing was just for occasion or just for like a specific purpose. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I saw like the great Gatsby movie okay. with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of funny because a lot of people, most men's were guys would have said like, oh, I, I watched the original one with Robert Redford in yeah, the seventies, yeah. you know, dressed by Ralph Lauren. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm younger than, than these guys, you know, right. I was, I was, you know, like maybe like 16 years old, you know, when the great guys were 16, 17 years old, when the Leonardo DiCaprio movie came out. And it it was at a time where I was, you know, going off to college. I had worn a uniform when I was in um, high school and everything like that. So as I was like in my, in my head, as, as I was trying to find out what I was going to wear, you know, that's not uniform was going off to college. You have free dress, you know, I saw this movie and then, and then the Gangster Squad movie came out the following year with, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling. And that's like very 40s, you know, there's there's more fedoras, you know, and it's like I was finally seeing suits that in a way that wasn't just, you know, church attire. You know, there was like there was patterns and longer collars and everything like that. And then, you know, you have other shows like How I Met Your Mother, you have like, yeah. you know, Barney Stinson, yeah. you know, where he's wearing a suit and it's kind of silly and everything like that. Right. Um I had started watching Frasier, you know, so as I, as I look back now and maybe some people who, who listen to your show and, and know who I am, you know, they, they might've heard this story in variations over the years, but as I, as I think about it more now, as I get older, it's kind of like when I started to like make my own decisions, I started to kind of just get a whole bunch of inspiration. 
and, you know, seeing it all across a lot of stuff. And it really started with vintage, you know, with my mom being into preppy clothing, there's like that kind of like sixties Americana yeah. involved there yeah. as well. Wow. And so, you know, it, it just really snowballed. I started, you know, collecting vintage. I started paying attention to the details I joined, you know, those Facebook groups. There's, there's a big vintage scene in London yeah. that I, you know, some of these guys that I have Huge. followed for, for years. Wow. It's, it's, it's quite fascinating how you've actually gone from one end to um, and exploring the whole range, right? It's like going to vintage. Yeah. It's like, what's the favorite part, though, of it, doing all this? I, you know, there's a... People probably don't like the word costume, but yeah. I, I tend to look at it favorably. You know, I being a little bit of like a of a geekier guy, I always had friends who did cosplay, like you know, like dressing up like anime characters and yeah, pop culture yeah. characters at yeah. conventions. And I've always thought that like this was like my version of it. You know, like I I consider myself like a, a fan of menswear, or you know, you can say that like you know, a fan of Ivy, a fan of Americana, kind of yeah. just a fan of all yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, and so me dressing up in this whole thing and it's it's kind of like it's kind of like cosplay where like you know you're sh you're showing how much you like this thing by dressing up by dressing up in it yeah and then you you know when you're outside of cosplay you know like my friends will wear like their anime t-shirts you know so to signal that you're a, you're a fan you do move you do style moves that that signify that's right like you know they'll have anime t-shirts they'll have you know keychains on their backpack etc so like for me like okay if i like the thirties. Okay. I'm going to wear a collar that looks like that, or I'm going to wear a tie from the thirties. Cause I want to show people I like the thirties, you know, or I, I wear, I wear white socks with loafers because I want to show that I pay attention to, and I like Ivy. So it's really, it's a lot of signaling. There's a lot of like the ideas of cosplay involved, but again, all very, very positive and like doing that and making a look out of it, you know, is like my, it's a hobby. It's like, it's my favorite thing to do it. But instead of, you know, only being able to cosplay at a convention, I can do this every day and do it while I'm doing whatever I happen to be doing. Like I can, I can go to work with this. I can go to a coffee shop while, while having fun in my, my costume essentially. <laughs> so, and it's, it's, it's all of it, right? Like I, I know I said it's vintage, but now I think it's clear. Like I, I've, I've got, I've, I've been exposed to a lot of different styles of Americana yeah. and it's still through like a vintage lens, but it's not just thirties anymore. I like, you know, 60s Ivy. I like the 70s, you know, going out stuff. I like the 80s and 90s yuppie Ralph Lauren look. There's there's a lot there. And so I'm like just a fan of all of it, you know? <laughs> so even which one is your favorite decade of menswear, though? Oh, okay. You know, it's definitely like the, the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Or maybe like 1927 to like yeah. 1945 or so. yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of guys would call that, um, or at least in the vintage scene, they'd call it like the golden era of menswear. You know, that's like the time when like things kind of standardized, you know, it's, it's, it's late enough in the twenties. So it doesn't look too Edwardian yep. and it's not too far into the forties that it doesn't get too like swing dancing and like, you know, exaggerated shoulders and everything. So it's like what I really like is in that, you know, the, those classic Esquire man illustrations, you know, the ones that we all see all the, all the, Gary Cooper, the, the uh, Clark Gable, the Cary Grant, the, and, and Jimmy Stewart, who is probably my favorite um, uh, guy or style. Like that's like the best. And I think a lot of does you know a lot of designers today and even in the past reference that that time period yeah. and did their own spin on it. So I kind of like the original. Yeah. But when you like look at photos, you look at like catalogs and everything. This is also a time where there's so much diversity in the styles too. You know, like you, they they talk about like Ivy style yeah. in the '30s in those Esquire illustrations. You know, they have that. Then you have like they have like sections on business dress. They have like resort attire. So there's so much there. So like to me, like because of that, like there's just so much variety that I just I love. You know, so just like that. That's that's my favorite. But I still appreciate the other stuff too. So do you wear a suit to work then? I mean, do you wear a tie every time to work? Do you? Wow. I do. Yes. Yeah. I I work so okay. So full disclosure here, I I do work from home. Very very lucky to be able to do that. I work at a advertising creative marketing agency in the um, the gaming influencer space. Right. Um, and uh, I started that during the during the pandemic. I I don't work in menswear anymore. Um, but with that job, I was again very lucky. 
to to work from home. And so I was able to, you know, I, I'm able right now to dress in whatever I want. And I choose to wear a tie even when I'm just sitting here in my room. Oh, wow. Is it is it coming? Yeah. Do, do you think it's coming back wearing? Because I, I see a lot of on Instagram, I see a lot of guys wearing tie tutorial look kind of it feels come. It feels like it's all coming back. Is that is it coming back? You know, I, I want to say that it kind of is coming back in like very specific circles and in, in ways like I feel like in New York where you have when you're, you know, you're forced to interact with people. And maybe this is the way in London as well, where yeah. there's a lot of you know, public transportation. It's, it's really easy to kind of get into fashion that way because, you know, you're presenting yourself on a daily basis. And I feel like California or specifically Los Angeles where everything is so spread out, you know, like I. I live like 50 miles away from Spencer. That's like an hour of driving. Mm-hmm. I live about 10 miles from MJ, my producer of the podcast, and we're best friends. Yeah. And so like we just, you know, un- we just don't see other people or at least, you know, if, if we do, that it's just, it's like in passing. It's And it's not like in any meaningful way. Like we're not sitting on the subway or the train or whatever with them. So uh, it's, it's hard in LA. I don't really see it. I don't really see classic menswear ties and stuff coming back. I see it on TikTok, you know, I see kids, yeah. you know, doing the old money aesthetic. I see, you know, there's yeah. one of the Met Gala. Um, I forgot who the guy was, but he was wearing, he, he looked like a security guard. He was wearing like a black trouser, black, like blue on and like a black tie. I see that look from teenagers a lot, but again, most of it is online. But when I, like when I visited like New York last year, I see a variety of that and I see classic menswear there. Um, I like to hope it's coming back. I think it would be great, you know, for people to, to find what they enjoy from classic menswear. Um, but LA, probably not because it's such a casual place. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't see it. I mean, certain parts of London, I do see it, not as much, mm-hmm. but I don't really see it in London that much. Okay. I mean, with a, you know, dressed up, very classic. Um, I don't see it. I do see uh, guys dressed very well now. Even the, the, someone's going to turn around and say, "How dare you say now? We always dress really <laughs> well." Um, but also, the one thing that I do see is more is color. Men are starting to wear more color, so it that is feels true. like after the lockdown that happened in London, I see more guys, you know, absolutely not being petrified of wearing color. So it's not always charcoal and grey and uh, black. Um, though I love blue, um, navy, but I see a lot more, you know, pastel colors coming in, a lot more colors that they will embrace now. Is it the same with you guys? I I think I see that, you know, uh, definitely outside of like a a, a classic menswear lens, but I think a lot of guys do wear color now. I mean, all of their, I, I, it's usually easy things like like sweaters, you know. I feel like guys are able to wear like pinks and and, and yellows and everything, which yeah. is great. And it, it's starting to be, you know, truly spring summer now. There's actual sun outside yeah. my window, so yeah. maybe I'll see it more, you know. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think I think a lot of guys are. I mean, more than just color. I think the guys are taking more chances now. Yeah. Thankfully, it's usually the younger guys. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. like they're it's it's pretty trendy, I guess to to be into fashion compared to, you know, some people of my generation and definitely older where, where fashion is not really like a thing. Like, you know, it, it's just clothes, you know, it, it's proper, but, but thankfully, you know, when I, when I see the younger people, they're, they're, they're having fun with it, which I think is, is really a really great mindset to have. And what about yourself? Well, what about you and color? <laughs> you know, I, I knew this. <laughs> I feel like I've, I feel like I've gone the other direction, honestly. Like, um, I I used to wear, you know, some guy had a kind of a snide comment, or maybe I perceive it to be a snide comment because uh, someone said something like, "Oh, Ethan used to be in straightforward Ivy, and now he wears." Oh, he I saw that. I that's what yeah. really got me. Like, I'm thinking to myself, "Hold on a minute." I think I, I wanted to mention something. I wanted to say something about it, and I just thought, "Well, that's a bit out of order." Um, yeah, you know? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I mean, maybe he means it well, like, oh, he broke out of Ivy and now he's free, right? But I, my initial gut reaction was like, <laughs> oh, does he, does he think I was better before because I was more traditional, you know? And, and 
to be fair, I mean, I still I still dip into like really straightforward Ivy OCBDs and, and knit ties and reps. You know, I I've just added to my canon, I would say nowadays. But you know, yeah, like before, I mean, I I still I enjoy seeing what comes from Drake's a lot. Yeah. Um, but before, back in like you know, in 2017, right? I, w- I would consider it the heyday and everything. Like all of like the the colorful sweater vests and the and the knits and, and you know and everything like that. Like that was so formative for me then. And you know, at that time, I was kind of moving out of wearing 30s and 40s clothing. So I used to be like wearing like colorful knitwear and, and really, you know, it, it was great. And then now I feel like I'm kind of <laughs> oh, no. re re. Uh, rediscovering like my basics and my, right. you know, and, and solids, you know, and I used to never wear solids. I used to always wear like check jackets and, and, and foulard ties. And now I'm like, okay, well, what about like a solid brown shirt and like a solid brown suit? And so it, it is funny that I'm kind of going in the, in that other direction. I'm not trying to be a contrarian. I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I'm going to be different from all the bold <laughs> people out there, but it's just like a natural progression. And um, you, you mentioned podcasting. I just recorded an episode on the show Frasier, which is okay. one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And in that show, Frasier wears a lot of solid suits, dark shirts and dark yeah. ties. And yeah. so it's just kind of me doing what I like. What I, like. I, I like this show and I'm going to dress like a character from the show. And I, I already own all of this stuff. It's not like I'm like changing my wardrobe just for this. Like I already own this. I'm just trying to give some love to the solids, which I, again, I used to never really wear. So, and it just happens that my solids are all, you know, gray, brown, and dark <laughs> blue. So, you know, yeah. So with the podcast, right, you've, you've got your own <clears throat> podcast, um, Style and Direction. How, why, why did you want to do this podcast? You know, I, I kind of wonder about that myself sometimes. Like, it's been so <laughs> long, you know, I, I, we just, we barely hit over 100 episodes, which doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, there were, there were periods of time where we, you know, had hiatuses and everything. Um, yeah. And from what I remember, again, like this is, the, I started the podcast in about 2017. Um, wow. I think it was just that me and my friend Spencer, he's one of my best friends. You know, he's also one of my first ever fashion friends. We found each other through going to vintage events. And we were the only right. young guys, you know? <laughs> uh, and so we were like, you know, and this was kind of like the, um, the beginning stages of when podcasting kind of became like a yeah. popular thing. This is not, it wasn't like 2009 where we, you know, we're not one of the first ever podcasts, but it was at a time again, we were like, you know what? We're just, why don't we just start something? Cause I think we're both funny. And um, yeah. I had always, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I had always wanted to have like my friends more involved in, in the whole menswear thing that I do, you know, but like the writing of the blog is very personal for me. Um, I, I like that I can write about whatever I want and I don't want to put that on other people where like, I, you know, I don't want to editorialize or whatever, but a podcast kind of made more sense where it's just talking. And so if they mm-hmm. say something that's, that has a really great point, it, it's easy to do that as, as opposed to like, again, like writing a whole blog. And so I was like, well, if I want Spencer to be a part of this, like let's just do the same together. And so that's why we called it sound direction. It wasn't going to be, uh, I guess street express my original blog name, or it's, it's a little bit of rest now. Um, but it wasn't going to be like, oh, Ethan's blog, the podcast. It was going to be this thing of just me and him doing our own thing. And then I would always write blog posts that like reflect on it or at least set it up in some way. You know, it's, it's more related. They're, they're companions. And so, yeah, I remember like the first the first time we did it, we just were like in his kitchen and we just recorded it. And it was it was a lot of fun. And we, we used it to kind of just talk about stuff that I just didn't have time to do on the blog or to have a more conversational approach. And um, we tried doing like, you know, uh, you know uh, guests like as you do. And, yeah. you know, uh, credit to you. We got burnt out. You know, it, it's really tough. Um, we it just don't so see a lot tough. of people. About, and, uh, you know, back then, right, like this is it, five years before the pandemic at that, you know, 2017 yeah. or yeah. so. And people aren't, you know, they're not used to teleconferencing, you yeah, know, it was just, exactly. it just wasn't a thing. And we, because, because he and I, we, you know, we were very, we're younger, we're more digital focused here, you know, we were, we were happy to do remote stuff, but we kept getting it, you know, just scheduling stuff and, and people just not used to like, you know, okay, I have to download this thing so I can record the audio and, you know, and, and, and zoom wasn't there yet, you know, yeah. it wasn't as popular. So we kind of transitioned to just us talking about, 
topics of menswear that we we found interesting, you know, and that's how we've talked about like our favorite spear point collars and our Aloha shirts and everything. And then that became, okay, well, what does practicality mean to us? What does it mean to, you know, why are we so comfortable standing out? You know, cause we, we know people always ask us, Hey, do you actually wear that? You know, going out I'm like, yeah, we do. We wear this to go get coffee or to get boba or whatever, you know? And so we've kind of just, it's, again, it's, it's very personal. We kind of just talk about things that are important to us and menswear is a big part of it. It factors into the whole thing. But you know, I'm I'm glad that we've we've done it, and uh, and and the few guests that we've we actually have been able to bring on have been really great. We're very grateful that they've made the time, and, and you know, and, and of course, like I said, it's easier now because of uh, the whole pandemic, letting everyone get more uh, comfortable with, with Zoom and everything like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it how it all happened. Some of the titles that you've got on the podcast are quite they're funny um so like <laughs> it's really cool um some of the titles because i always find it very difficult to figure out what title to say on certain men's you know on the with some of the episodes right. and you're like oh my god i don't know what to say and uh i'll say this i hope it makes sense being dyslexic <laughs> right um but um some of you are you know like a yankee in paris yeah, I mean, that one, you know, I, I don't think that I'm kind of a funny person, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, uh, one, one, one thing about the podcast is uh, Spencer and I are, are big fans of improv, uh, improv comedy, and there's a co- podcast that we listen to called Comedy Bang Bang, right. and if you listen to that, you know, it's, if you listen to that podcast, you can hear what me and Spencer are trying to do, especially with our guests, you know, we're always joking around, Um but sometimes, yeah, the titles just kind of come out, and I feel like, oh, you're you know, kidding. like, an American in Paris, you know, obviously, like, that, you know, but I feel like that would have been too straightforward, you know, like, yeah. I don't want to just yeah. lift something, and so Yankee sounds kind of funny, and my friend John, um, who is in that episode, he he's from the East Coast, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, like, colonial, you know, the, yeah. col- the, the colony yeah. times and everything, yeah. and okay, Yankee, right, it kind of makes sense, so, like, and he's going to Paris, and it's kind of funny and so like you know it kind of just came out there but there are times when like when we talk about like those deeper you know i would faux philosophical topics those are the ones i struggle with the most you know like i'm <laughs> i so we sometimes have the idea like okay we're going to talk about you know slouchiness or whatever and then i have like a, a title in mind and then we'll do the whole episode i'm like oh shit like we didn't even reference what i was going to do you know and and so i got to like work backward and it's a lot of me uh, workshopping titles with Spencer and, 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 and MJ now at this point. And so I'm like, does this make sense? You know, is this too long? You know, and but when, but when it's like a guest, I feel like it's so, because I try to like make it out of like an inside joke or, or, or a yeah. reference we did. And yeah. that's so, that's so much easier for me. But it's also, you know, the other thing is, right. Um, and I've done this one or two episodes where I've forgotten to ask the main question <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you like, and once you actually, after the episode, Charles will, uh, at the very beginning, Charles will turn around and say, you forgot to ask the main question. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, you know, did you ever not think about this question? Because then you think, I can't go back and ask them this. Or maybe I could. But it's just so frustrating when you're actually gone off the um, the idea of menswear, staring away from menswear, and then you're thinking, hold on, I've got to get back into menswear. And then you forget to ask yeah. the main question, and you're thinking, oh, damn. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is, like, my biggest fear. You know, like, again, whenever we come up with these, like, uh, when we want to cover these big topics, you know, yeah. often, like, there, there is this thesis that we want, we want to hit, but then... You know, we, we don't want to burn ourselves out. We don't, we don't, we try not to over, like, to discuss beforehand in length because otherwise we'll just feel like we're just saying, like, we're reading a script. We're not, yeah, we're not really exactly. having a conversation. Yeah. But then that doing, if we, you know, we'll, we'll forget. Like you said, like, we, we'll get lost in some anecdote or we'll find some other point, which is still great. But then we'll forget, no, we, we forget this main, this main point here, you know, this main thesis, you know, and, I'm glad. I mean, so far, I'm glad that people still enjoy the episodes. And if they don't, don't tell me, please. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it's the hope that I mean that, that that we're still able to get something out of it. But that's why I write the blog sometimes because I'm like, okay, it's, it's my it's my last chance to to, to reemphasize something. And so that's why in the past couple of years, I I've written my blog post after I've recorded the podcast. 
that way I can kind of address anything or add on to it that I've kind of forgotten about. So I know, I know the feeling. Um, there are, has been times where sometimes you just think, wait, um, I don't get, I actually don't write any questions out at the beginning whatsoever. So no wow. questions okay. whatsoever. And I normally, and I do get a few guests saying, could you send us, could you send me the questions? It's like, no, no questions. Um, because I don't know what to ask at the moment. It's all in my head. So that's the creative side of me, I think. And it does go wrong. Sometimes, majority of times it's gone all right. There has been few that has gone wrong and you're thinking, ah, oh, okay, that should have been better. But I don't know about yourself because I, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely 100% um, um, clear on this. Um, sometimes I don't like the sound of my voice. And I don't like listening to it. And I get a lot of guests say to me, oh, I don't like hearing myself. It's like, don't worry, nor do I. So do you get to that point? <laughs> you know, I've I've always struggled, you know, at least especially in the past when I was younger about yeah, self-confidence stuff and, and, be, and being hyper aware yeah. of how you're presenting yeah, yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit of the... Uh, you know, we had YouTube. YouTube came about when I was, like, in high school and everything like that. And so... For me, the struggle was wanting to create something, but then, like you said, hating what you sound like or what you look yeah, like, yeah. you know, and I get so, I get, you know, self-conscious about like looking at myself in the camera as I'm talking. I'm like, yeah. oh, does my mouth really move like this? Does my face <laughs> really do that? Um, and I think, you know, I, I still do have an issue with how I sound. Like I wish, like I wish that my blog was, was, you know, 20 times longer. So I would just, I would be able to write <laughs> everything and not have to say a word. Right. And so, but it's one of those things where I just, it's like a thing you just have to do. And yeah, thankfully now I don't edit the podcast. I used to be, I used to do everything myself. Yeah. Um, but then over time it just got too much. And, and my, my best friend, MJ, my, I guess my other best friend, um, but he, uh, he, he graciously offered to be, to join the podcast. And now he is kind of like the third host, you know, he's, he's there now he's, wow. he's on the mic. Um, but you know he's he's the one who who actually edits and everything now, and so if he has a problem with my voice, it's up to him to deal with it, you know. But uh, <laughs> thankfully now I'm I'm removed from it um, until of course I I do a final check of stuff, and you know I I also look over the Instagram uh, those little clips we put on for yeah. Instagram, and so I still I still do have to hear myself uh, do that. Well, um, but my mom, it, it takes a while. I mean, I yeah. My mom heard me once. Well, she hears some podcast now and then. And the first time ever when I actually got her to listen to it, she literally turned around and said, oh, who's that? And I went, mom, mother, oh. it's me. And she goes, oh, it doesn't sound like you. It was so funny. It was hilarious. And I'm thinking, well, it, well, it is me. She goes, oh, wow, it doesn't sound like you at all. And I'm thinking, oh, compliment then, mom. And she goes, no, because I didn't realise it was you. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you sound... It was so sweet of her because it kind of made my confidence, gave me confidence. She said, you sound very good. And I think, yeah, my mother, when she likes something, you think, ah, oh, I've achieved it. I've achieved it. <laughs> you know. So I always say, if my mum says it's all right, I know it's okay. <laughs> that is... That's so nice. I... I don't want this to be too sad. I don't think my parents like what I do. <laughs> and, and that's not, you know, that's kind of like the Asian parent thing. Of, they're very critical. I, I, you know, and, you know, to kind of address a little bit about, about the, the sound of the voice thing, my mom, uh, I've always been aware I have like a very slight lisp. And I think maybe when I was younger, it was maybe more prominent. And so my mom would always, I actually went to speech therapy for a little bit um, okay. because my mom would be like, you know, you can't sound like that. And so I, I think it's funny now where I don't think she's ever fully listened to an episode of the podcast, but I, I, I know there's a part of me that feels like, I wonder if she's like, I should have paid for more speech therapy, <laughs> you know, just to get rid of that completely. And so, and, you know, obviously the, the big thing now is people, uh, at least Spencer and MJ don't hear it now. Um, and so well, I'm you know, I, I, I able to do this. Just to let you know, um, I can't, I don't hear it at all. So I do listen to your podcast. Oh, so. thank goodness. You know, so, just yeah, thank so, you. Um, I, that, that's, that's such a great compliment, you know, um, so at least, at least my, my tongue is not, you know, coming out too far. Um, but you know, I mean, at least with the blog, my, my, I think my parents, I found out that my dad actually does subscribe to the blog. So he gets like the email updates uh, and everything. So he does read it. And every single time he goes, 
is this like too long? And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so like it's, I'm glad that they, they at least see a little bit of it. You know, I think the biggest thing that they've complimented me on is my photography, which is okay. very nice. Um, but I guess when it comes to like the actual words or the, or my voice, I think they do, they hold back a little bit. You know, they, I think they probably know that they were a little critical when I was younger. Um, but hey, maybe one day they'll be like, wow, you sound so professional <laughs> on the microphone. And they'll be like, thank you. I just wanted to quickly ask you, um, You've got an episode saying being into classic menswear as an Asian American. Is that something? Mm-hmm. Is that something? Um, being in classic menswear as an Asian American is that huge part of it, or because of the culture and everything? Is it something? You know, is that a huge part to play, or is it because people don't see you that way? Shouldn't or you shouldn't go that way? Yeah, you know that's that's a really great question. You know. That episode really came about on, as a conversation with my friends. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's it's interesting. For for a long time, when I got into, um, I got into vintage, I yeah. was aware that I was you know one of the few, if not only, person of color within that group. I think that you know, in in Southern California, there yeah. is a little bit of like a, I want to live in the past kind of attitude about, right. about uh, the vintage scene down here. Yeah. There is, I feel like it's, it's a lot more in that vein. It's a lot more um, rebellious because, you know, California is very casual. Yeah. And so the vintage scene is like a rejection of that. So it can be kind of scary sometimes, you know, as I think about it, you know, looking back, especially yeah. when, when Trump was elected president, that, that really yeah, wow. kind of showed how, how, how people really think. Um, but back then you know, I was, I was also younger. So my, my lens was more of, Oh, I'm a young guy into this. Mm-hmm. But as I, you know, with Spencer being one of my first fashion friends, I'm like, okay, well maybe it's just a thing that, you know, that Asians, Asian Americans are not into, you know, and I kind of just accepted that, you know, for it's the same thing with, with any other piece of, I guess, Western culture, right? Like I think about like when I was younger and I liked star Wars. Yeah. Even even when I was younger, you know, some people might have liked it. You know, they liked the lightsabers, but like they weren't like huge fans of it. You know, and my mom would even tell me that she was a big fan. Of course, in the seventies when it first came out, a lot of white people watched it, right? So right, like, yeah. As I you know, I, I just kind of thought, okay, maybe I just happen to like things that white or Western people typically like. You know, and it wasn't until I got you know I, I worked in the industry briefly. I've been able to go to New York for fun and to meet a lot of people. And that's where I was starting to realize, oh, there actually are other Asian Americans that are into this. And, you know, then it got me thinking, okay, maybe like California Asians, California Asians don't have any attachment to classic menswear. But if you're an East Coast Asian, you know, and the East Coast has a lot more tradition yeah. with wearing suits. So maybe, maybe there's a there's a bigger pipeline over there. And so all of those thoughts kind of came together into that episode. And you know, so while it didn't really, it wasn't really a factor of, of me like early on, you know, where it's like, okay, I should, I like this thing and, and it's a part of my identity and I should show that Asian Americans can be into this. Yeah. That didn't really come until, until later, you know, yeah. and, and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of it and, and yeah. I want to help other people get into it and, you know, or at least, you know, they don't have to, but like, you know, to, to see that there is an avenue there. Yeah. And, yeah. and if someone like me, Asian American, yeah. who like my mom, I guess, you know, who has no, is not a wasp, is not, you know, we don't, there's no country clubs here. There's no, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's jazz clubs, but you know, that's not something that me and my mom grew up doing. But like, if I can like get into this and see the minutia of the details and like do it to this effect without being in that world, anyone else can do it, you know? Yeah. And I think that the few people that were on the episode, you know, my friends, Jason and Aldris, um, you know, I think they kind of see it as well. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's important for representation. I'm, I'm very glad that my friend group is diverse. You know, yeah. Southern California yeah. is a diverse place, yeah. especially um, when it comes to the Asian American population and the Hispanic population, et cetera. And so, you know, kind of focusing on, on that, whether subconsciously or consciously does factor into this whole, into my participation, into the whole thing and, and, my, and my identity. So like now I try and like, accept it and, and and share that aspect of it and you know I, I i don't this is not meant to be like oh i want to be known as the guy the asian american the asian american guy into this <laughs> but i'm sure that you know 
other, if other people get into it, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll dilute this and it'll just feel as easy as, you know, as a white guy wearing it, you know, yeah. we've already seen you know, there's a whole black Ivy, you know, showing yeah. the history and, and heritage of, you know, the black experience with Ivy. And I'm sure, you know, that there are photos of Asian Americans doing it in the sixties as well. You know, there, there, was, there was a whole camaraderie, right. With, with Asian American groups and, and the yeah. black Panthers and, and, and black protest groups in the sixties as well. And so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're getting there, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we see this representation because, like I think you and I were talking uh, before the recording about, you know, younger people can be um, more sensitive to yeah. this kind of thing. You know, if, yeah. if they don't see the representation, it's, yeah. it's very easy to be turned off to it. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, if we don't at least share it and encourage it, you know, we, we will, we will see them, you know, either, you know, leave or just not, not do it for themselves. You yeah. know, True. I, I could think of a lot of people who could, you know, why, why would they pick suiting if they don't see themselves in it? You know, if they literally, if they don't see themselves working in it, if they don't see themselves in the lookbooks or even in enthusiasts, you know, in, in the, in the, uh, the, the enthusiast space, if they don't see that, then of course, of course, why, why wouldn't they do it? Exactly, right. So exactly. it, it's a very important thing that I've, I've come to realize over the past couple of years. But I've also seen right with the younger generation, um, you know, wearing more vintage clothing, I don't know if, yeah. it's, if it's the same thing in in the states, but in in the UK, in London, I see more, you know, more the generation, the younger generation, going and wearing more vintage, and it feels like vintage is like, um, you know, they're not going into the high streets and all that stuff. They're actually going and buying vintage clothing because you know how um, sustainable and ethical and also things are made really really well you know with the vintage clothing it's made so well that it's lasted this long so there's a massive um you know there's a huge crowd of people of younger generation wearing that do you see the same thing with menswear as a vintage menswear wearing i i I think so. I think that the it's the the tailoring side of menswear yeah. has always been pretty tough. Um, but I, I I've seen a lot of younger people getting into vintage clothing in general as like an overarching term here. So not yeah. just tailoring, but um, specifically in in, Cal, in in Los Angeles, you see a lot of like the heritage or uh, workwear stuff a lot. You know, you see the jeans. The, the gray sweaters, the, the military jackets and the work boots, everything like that. Yeah. You know, obviously it's easier to be casual than it is to be formal, you know. Um, but there's been a kind of a resurgence. I remember uh, recently I went to Inspiration LA, which is kind of a um, it's, it's like a trade show slash vintage show. It, it, it's very it's 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 put on, I think, by like a, by Rin Tanaka, who is like a collector of vintage. You know, he's. The Clutch magazine has a bunch of, of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like a big Japanese Americana thing, but it's it's here in LA, um, and, and and it's funny. It's it was in Pasadena, my hometown, just the, the past two weekends ago, and I was so surprised to see how many young people were were there. Yeah. You know, it was not just in terms of like the attendees who were buying and, and visiting all of these vendors, but the sellers too. It was crazy, like. People younger than me, and again, like I said earlier, like I, I can't believe I'm, I'm approaching thirty. Like you know, I always think of myself as like a twenty-five year old. But seeing like these like college-age kids yeah. selling vintage, wearing yeah. these vintage Levi's, yeah. you know, vintage A twos, it's 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 crazy. It's it's really cool. And like you said, it's I think it definitely has roots in being sustainable and being kind of like a like a stand against fast fashion and yeah. unethical fashion. And so, you know. It, it it's really fascinating and, and inspiring to, to see these people do it in and, and do it in a straightforward way. Like, you know, like they're still not, you know, not that traditions have to be honored, but you know, they are doing it in a very faithful way, but the, you know, these kids also have a modern sensibility to them that they're, they're, you know, some of them are, are very progressive. And so it's, it, it is really cool to see it. And, and on TikTok as well, you know, where, TikTok is crazy. You can see people yeah. from all over the world yeah. and it almost feels like they're, they're, they're in your city. Cause like mm -hmm. you can, there are people in like the middle of America who are, you know, um, 
who are Asian or, or of, of another ethnicity and they're wearing the same thing that I saw in inspiration. So it's like, it's able to have like this whole, like maybe not cultural movement, but like a, like this camaraderie. And it, you know, there's like, maybe, maybe there's like a common mood that we're all having and it's, you know, with, with the young people getting into it and, you know, being into, being into vintage is, is hopefully a gateway to, to tailoring, you know, if, if, it, if it does go that way, but at least it does help. It does show that they are being intentional and that they are having an appreciation for vintage and details. And so, yeah, again, a very intentional way of thinking about clothing. You know, uh, well, with Ivy, right. Um, we always see Ivy coming and going kind of thing. Right, there's one season it will mm-hmm. go away. Like for a few decades, it will go away, and a few decades it will come back. How important is Ivy in menswear nowadays? Because every oh, man, time that's, it, a, that's, a well, that's a good question. <laughs> because every time you see Ivy going away, and then it comes back, and every time it comes back, it comes back with a different level of Ivy. You know, Ivy looks. Uh, preppy look well not preppy ivy look actually i'm gonna get told off about it um so how important is it nowadays in menswear i i view to answer this i feel like i, I view ivy in like two ways i see okay. ivy as a very specific style of dressing i see yeah. you know it's you know it's not quite preppy you know it has it has americana connotations there, yeah. there is a look there's an ivy look yeah i, I would i would argue and then there is a sense of ivy as a form of like, as basics, right? It, and you know, and, and ivy, it, it's funny, you know, people people say it's traditional, but to me, traditional is like the 1930s, right? So it's like it, it it's not exactly the oldest way of doing classic menswear, but it is the definitive way of of classic menswear for a lot of people. You know, the button down collars, the hop sack blazers, etc. And so. I would say it's important as a, as a reference point. I don't think it needs to be upheld as the only way to dress or to be held as a standard for everything else. Right. But I do think, you know, it's, it's, it's foundational. It, it, it teaches you a lot of things when you're aware of it. It is, it's a good thing to rely on. And, you know, but I think most importantly, it's, it's something to build off of, you know, Ivy technically has been a thing since like the thirties or maybe yeah. even the twenties. Yeah. It, 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 it might not have been called that, you know, but that look uh, was specifically there. until the fifties yeah. or so. Yeah. But, but they, they, they you know, there was a, a traditional look that was, you know, and, and there's also the look favored by uh, Ivy league students, you know? And so, it's, you know, it's a classic part of history, you know, it's almost like, you know, or it's like the Beatles or whatever, right, mm-hmm. where you, you have that foundation and, and some people, if, if someone said, hey, I don't listen to any bit of music, what should I listen to, you know, and of course the Beatles would be on that list. And, you know, the hope is not that you would listen to the Beatles only, but that, the, you know, listening to the Beatles and the Beatles have done a variety of different, you know, they, they, their sound has changed yeah. over the yeah. course of their tenure. Yeah. It, it's the hope that when you listen to them, you find something that you like, and then you go down that rabbit hole and you, and you follow that through line. Um, that's how I see most things, you know, not just Ivy, but with everything else. Like I, I like the seventies. I don't like polyester or jumpsuits, but there's something about that thing that mm-hmm. I like. So I go further in that way. And I, yeah. and I keep my, my own foundation, uh, as a, as a theme and, you know, and it guides me through it. And so with Ivy, it's important to me, at least when, you know, when I suggest it to people and people always, you know, they rely on it. You know, it's easy to go back to a knit tie and OCBD and a Navy blazer, but then, you know, as they get older, maybe, maybe they try it with an Aloha shirt, you know, mm-hmm. or they they, you know, they do it with military pants instead of, instead of, uh, I guess khakis are military pants, but like maybe they do it with like, with like green fatigues instead of, instead of like just khakis or so. And so, it's it's important in that sense. It's it, it's foundational, but it shouldn't be the only thing that you do, unless unless that's specifically what you like. You know, you want to be the Ivy guy, then of course you can, you know, do that. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's kind of how how I look at it, you know. And I I obviously still dress Ivy in addition to the other looks that I do yeah. for my own wardrobe. So yeah. it's it's never it's never gonna leave me. Good, good to know, Ethan. <laughs> that's good to know. You know. <laughs> Um, who's your favorite menswear designers out there at the moment? Oh, That's it's a, oh man. Oh. There's too many. 
It's so funny. Yeah, it's that's such a such a tough such a tough question. You know, I I like a I like a lot of Taylor's, and, I, and you know, one one thing about being a fan of, yeah. of this whole thing is is being able to to see what you like in a lot. Um, I what was also tough is that I also have a very specific taste. So it's one of those things where if I would change this, does this mean I would actually like them or am I just <laughs> using them as a base point, you know? Um, but, you know, in terms of like, you know, in terms of like bespoke tailors, for example, I really, yeah. I love um, uh, Dal Kaware. Um, okay. You know, he, he makes some of the suits that have been worn by like Ethan Newton yeah. um, from Bryceland's. Um, and I really, I really love, the lapels, you know, there, there are things that I just, I just like, you know, if, how they make a jacket and not just in terms of fit. I'm like, okay, how much, how much do they add to the wrap of it? How wide are the buttons? How do they do the gorge and everything? And yeah. These are things that I've been, I've, I've, I've taught myself to, to look out for when I, when I have to discern when I'm buying vintage, right. I, you know, when I buy a double breasted jacket, I can't just buy a seventies jacket and pass it off as a forties. There are things that they do differently. And so that's how I look at tailors. And so some of, some of the designers and tailors that I like are done through that lens. Um, so, you know, Dal Corey is one of them. I love Taylor Cade, but he does you know more Ivy stuff. Um, but in terms of like ready to, ready to wear brands, you know, I've, I've always been, I like, I like Drake's, again, specifically through 2017, more specifically the ties that they do, you know, yeah. those fun, Foulards, I feel like, are just increasingly hard to come by now, unless I'm buying vintage, which I do. So I don't own that many Drake's ties, um, but I do appreciate seeing that when, when they when they do make those um, those versions of it. Um, one thing I do like is Visfim, which is not really classic menswear, but it's you know it's a Japanese Americana designer, yeah. um, and there's just something the way that they do in their take of Americana that I really enjoy. I really like their kimono styled coats. Um, I guess something that I've realized recently is when it's a, when it's more of like a fashion design or like a more like a design focused garment, yeah. it does, my stuff does lean to be a little bit more, maybe more, not exactly minimal, but a lot more focused on like drape and silhouette. So like I, again, like kimono style coats, yeah. um, uh, Scott Frazier, uh, you know, who's over there in, in London. Yeah. I, he's, he's been a favorite of mine. He's, he's actually coming to visit LA uh, this weekend at, at, at the time of recording. Um, and, and I love how he does. And he has a, a very similar approach where it's very flowy. You know, he has a coat that is like shawl collared and just huge. Yeah. And so I like that. So <clears throat> I might not be as, aware of very many designers, but there is like a, there is definitely for me a look that I, that I like. And so mm-hmm. when a designer does that thing, I'm like, I like that, you know, I, a coherence is like a, a uh, is a Japanese um, outerwear designer um, who has made stuff for the armory. And, um, you know, his coats are meant to be like really big and, 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 you know, they're belted. So it's very dramatic. And naturally I'm like, I like that, <laughs> you know? Wow. It it seems like you know a lot about menswear, Ethan. So it feels like oh, you, uh, I don't you, know about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it seems like you do know a lot, actually. Um, what's the next stage for? Am I allowed to ask you this? Um, style and direction. What's what's your next phrase for style and direction? Oh, are you going to keep this quiet because I'm another podcaster? Well, I don't call myself a podcaster, do I? I <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm happy, happy about to, to talk about And by the it. way, Ethan, I have to ask you, and I'm and I'm sure a lot of people can ask, thinking, why isn't she asking this? Why aren't women involved in in men's podcast? Oh, men's style podcast, menswear. Why isn't women involved? Because there's quite a few of us who like menswear. So why aren't we involved? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder if it's it's similar to the whole representation thing. You know, it's just people like to join something that they can see themselves. In, right. You okay. know, and and it's 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 nice. It's 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 idealistic sometimes to be like, well, all they have to do is beat their own confidence, and right. that can be true of a lot of people. You know, you and I, we do this because we wanted to do it, and yep. we did it, and we stick with it. Yep. But the the truth of the matter is, is people the majority of people don't do that. You know, they need they need like you know. 
maybe not a help helping hand, but to at least know that they're going to enter a space and not be overly criticized or ridiculed, right. you know, and, and again, it seems like it would be easier because it's the internet, right? You can post anything and you can forget about it. People yeah. tweet bullshit all the time. Why not be part of it? But, but again, it, it still is tough. There's a lot of people who don't do that. And so, you know, with women specifically, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a woman, um, but I can only imagine that it's, 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 it's increased tenfold of the, of the, uh, of the anxiety of, of seeing a space that you just don't see yourself in, you know, I mean, it's, it's great that there have been women guests over the years, you know, that's usually how I hear about it. But <laughs> you know? even being guest in menswear though, in menswear bo- um, podcast, right. And I hope that you guys one day do get more women involved in, in your podcast as who are in menswear, because I feel like it will open up lot more like how i'm doing as well um being at, yeah. in menswear yeah you know it's, it's it's been funny like i think my friend sylvia is one of the first or i guess the only woman on the podcast so thus far and you know one of the things i guess for for me um this could be said of a lot of men you know we're all we're all we're a lazy bunch of guys um <laughs> And, uh, you know, and it's, 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 it's interesting. Cause it's like, you know, I've always wanted to have it, but like, I just never was, uh, you know, friends with oh, people right. who, I guess, uh, with okay. women who are in, who are in the, in, in, in the, the mentor world, at least in the wearing it, you know, yeah, the space and whatever. Yeah. But the cool thing is that, you know, I feel like it's, it's, it's the friendships and the, and the connections I've yeah. had yeah. have increased over the years. So yeah, it's, you know, yeah. and obviously waiting for that perfect moment is not an excuse. Um, but it is. It does make me more aware of it. You know, the, the, you know, the, now that you say it, and it's it, it's great. Yeah, I do want uh, more of that. I would love. To, you know, I also love talking to my friends, and I think over time, you know, as I as I make more friends, you know, most of my most and now most of my fashion friends are are at least a lot of them are, are women. You know, and it's fun to have that conversation. Um, who who are aware of menswear you know but yeah. sylvia was was a great guest in that regard because she started out by reading um like going on uh reddit and everything and, and seeing all the heritage stuff and then moving yeah. into her own style and so i mean yeah i want i want i want more you know not just on the podcast but to be friends with and be in a circle and yeah. you know and i always take pictures of my friends so like there's a way to to show that there is a, a breadth of of people and gender that can yeah. be into this kind of thing absolutely you know? So on that note, Ethan, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on to Menswear by a Woman podcast. It's been an absolutely honor and it's been amazing to have you on board. Thank you so much, Ethan. Thank you. I'm, I'm very happy. This was, again, a, a great honor and a privilege to be on your show. Thank you. And hope to, hope to see you more doing your Ivy way uh, <laughs> and um, also, I'll, I'll, I'll add the uh, you know uh, ocbds and my sack suits to, to the rotation <laughs> coming up very shortly <laughs> fantastic thank you so much ethan thank you all right